Hello, Coco crew. Hey, y'all. Hey, hey. Happy New Year, guys, and welcome to the season two finale. Yes. I would say it came up quick, but it didn't because we we took our time about this season. We're going to do better, y'all. We we promise. We we promise. Here and now that we're not going to say a New Year's resolution, but like a promise from our hearts to yours. (laughs) We. We're gonna vow to do better. Okay. I promise. I promise. It's Mercedes' fault. Anyway, moving forward. Wow. Um, today, <laughs> on today's finale, we'll be talking all about things and ending generational trauma. Um, you know, how we move away from that, how we better ourselves and and you know, get shit right, essentially. Y'all know how much we love us a good acronym here at the chocolate sunset so we've named this episode drake that's d-r-a-k-e i need a nap y'all know how to spell drake god damn it and drake stands um, for do right and kill everything yes <laughs> right you know what that's probably one of his best i'm not gonna say it's his best lyric i don't want his uh he has a pretty strong fan base and i don't want people to send me any hate mail they do that <laughs> enough as it is. so you know how much i have it uh but yeah do right and kill everything that's literally what we're talking about here today but but before we get into that before we get into the episode we have something really really important to get into so as many of you might know our amazing co-host mercedes is proudly serving in the u.s navy and she look good in the uniform too y'all um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> By the time you guys hear this, though, she'll already have left on deployment for a few months. So while she's gone, while she's away, we want to be sure to send her endless love, endless positivity and encouragement, um, love and light and all that good jazz. And she's going to need it. okay? because she's going to miss me so much. She's not even going to be able to function. I I promise that I would really appreciate all of the love and and all that, but um, you know, probably not gonna miss you as much as you think. But you know, that's probably neither here nor there. Let's just you know carry on. Listen, I know you want to stay strong, you know, for me, and you don't want the people to know, you know, how mm-hmm. obsessed with me you are. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna let you make it. Like I know that you're you're li- she's guys she's gonna cry herself to sleep every night thinking of me. Wow, missing me and such. I know. Okay. Yeah, sure. If that's what, yeah, that's what's going to happen. I know it is. Yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever. But seriously, seriously, um, let's make sure we do that, guys. Love, light, all the, all, all the positive energy that you can send her way, send it. Yes, because I'll be cussing people out at work all the time, and I'm definitely going to need some positivity, y'all. <sighs> okay. That's where y'all tax dollars are going. I hope y'all heard that. Y'all are pay- y'all are paying taxes for people to go in the military and curse their bosses out. I, hope I don't curse my that. bosses out. Well, sometimes. That's not what I heard. It's more like a curse at them, not really cursing them out. It's giving ghetto. It's it very is. ghetto, very. But hey, it's giving Walmart energy. But I digress. It works. Um, yeah. So let's hop right in. Let's let let's get to it. Oh, this week's song of the week is "Break Every Chain" by Mercedes, Tasha, Tasha Cobbs. Right, Tasha Cobbs. There we go. 
Okay. All right. Hold that thought. To me. I saw that like years ago and it stuck with me on Facebook. So what does that mean to you, Mercedes? It ran in the family until it ran into me. And also two parts here. How easy or hard is it to identify or differentiate our problems and the problems we were essentially born into? Okay, that was a loaded question. (laughs) It was a lot. Let's break it down. So I figured, you know, the last one is just going to be, you know, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. It ran into the family until it ran into me. I think that that means... um, I mean, it ran in the family. I said that all wrong. It ran in the family until it ran into me. That just basically means, you know, all of the stuff that y'all was getting away with doing, it ain't gonna fly with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's us interrupting bad habits, bad cycles, saying, hey, you know, this was not right. So I'm gonna do it this way to prevent this from happening in the future. Right. Yeah. Repeat the second part because that second part was kind of okay. The second, the second <laughs> part was how how easy or hard is it to identify problems like our own problems versus the problems we were born into? Like how? Let me see if I can rephrase it. How do you know the difference between a problem that you've developed like over just your life versus problems that have been in your family for forever? Um. Problems that have been in your family forever, those are prob- those are usually like problems that you can see in everybody, like something that's normal. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, um, I'm going to do this because my mom did it or so did my grandmother and my sister and my aunt. Like we all did it. So did my dad and my uncles. Like we, everybody did it. Mm-hmm. And nobody's realizing like, no, that's not the way to do that. That's not something that, <laughs> you know, is OK. Mm-hmm. And then problems with you that's it's just that it's with you it's not something that you see in everybody else it's something that you develop from trauma from Mm -hmm. um, just life experiences and that's just something that you you go through okay I I but so on the on the flip side of that what about the problems that we don't see that we do share with like our mothers and grandmothers. Um, Cause I, I'm gonna get deeper into this in just a second. But I think a lot of times in our community, we're very silent with our problems. So I, I, I get what you're saying. Um, sometimes we see these issues across the family. Like we see it with all the firstborn kids or with all the daughters, all the granddaughters. But what about the problems that you don't visibly see that you can't really put your finger on? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Those are harder to identify because you can't visibly see it. And you don't, right. it, it, it feels so normal to the point to where you don't feel like it's a problem until you have someone else with a different perspective breaking it down for you and showing you or telling you that this is a problem. Like, this is why you can't get right because mm-hmm. of this little thing that you feel like is not a problem because you've made it such a habit in your life. Right. And it's something that's we've we've just become functional in Mm -hmm. family chaos, I think. Right. 
and that's a problem. I didn't realize how I'm growing up. I, I grew up in a very chaotic like situation, not necessarily like with my mother, but like my family in general was very dysfunctional, very chaotic. And I didn't realize how bad it was until I want to say it was like maybe my first time going to therapy or right before I started therapy for the first time. Um, I had a, a realization, like I was dealing with this guy. We weren't like in a relationship, but we were like getting there. And I remember causing problems because I did not know how to function void of chaos in order for me to thrive, in order for me to be at my best, I needed to be surrounded by bullshit and luckily thankfully the person who I was living with at the time um had the wherewithal to be like no there's no problem here and the fact that you want there to be a problem is a problem so once I started to like dig deeper that's when I realized no I'm like this because that's all I've ever seen is chaos so dealing with like the family you know we deal with certain things that the wrong things become right you know right and that's what, I think that's a big problem that we have. And I also think another problem is not talking, like mm. not having those really hard conversations with your dad or your mom or your grandmother or your aunts and uncles or your older siblings or whomever, because then we'll never know that this isn't my demon I'm fighting. This is something, you know what I mean, from four five six generations back but you'll never know unless you're open about it you have to be open about your struggles whatever they are and even if they're like small like you have to be willing to open up with the people around you you know especially when we're talking about family situations you have to talk to your family about it because otherwise you won't know you and your cousin might be dealing with the exact same thing but right. because either of you wants to be transparent or maybe you're ashamed to talk about it or embarrassed or whatever, y'all are fighting it on your own. You know what I mean? When it's really not even your weight to carry. You know, I actually resonate with that really well because um, that was my issue for a very long time, not talking. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that that was like normal, you know, that, you know, just don't talk about it. And it's going to go away. And for a very long time, that's what I did. Like, it got to the point to where I was purposely forgetting things because I knew that if I just forgot about it, it would just erase from my memory and then that would be it. And then I became an adult and I started opening all these doors and learning who I am, figuring things out about myself. And then boom, shit, stuff just started popping up. <laughs> like little bubbles like dang this happened this right. happened this happened and then here I am not now but then here I am going through this whirlwind of emotions trying to figure out why I'm feeling this way mm-hmm. and then it all boiled down to why was I actually not talking I think you train yourself to not have a voice when you do that yeah and I did do that yeah so then and okay so kind of staying in the same vein of like talking to the people around you I find a common thread I don't know if because I haven't really talked to many guys about it but I can say that like among my like girlfriends it seems to be a theme of not wanting to talk to our mothers mm-hmm. about our issues why do you think that is like, our mothers don't talk to us about their issues mm-hmm. so we don't know how to do that and it doesn't seem normal. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. 
We always talk about uncomfortable stuff here at the Chocolate Sunset. You're right. You're right. Yep. Like, I legit didn't see my mom cry until I was 23 years old. And now, like, we're the best of friends. Like, if I want to call her and cry, that's what I do. If she want to call me and cry, that's what she do. Like, mm-hmm. now that we've, you know, broke the ice on it, it's it makes things so much better. I think, yeah. Yeah, we. It, you're right. It's abnormal. It's not something that we see them do. And that is a part of the generational problem. We model these these poor behaviors, these bad emotional decisions, mm-hmm. our kids, and you know, and and that's what we pass down. We pass down trauma, chaos, and brokenness like we pass down last names. Yeah, and you know what? I actually think that I this next story I'm about to tell. I said it in season one about a time where um was it? No, it might have been season two might have been earlier in season two where um I took my daughter to Texas and I was leaving her mind you this is the first time me and her had been separate for the past 18 months or two years her whole life for (laughs) two years because she was two two and some months right and um I was leaving her and I was like I was crying really hard and my mom was like don't let her see you cry like that and I was like no she needs to see me cry she needs to understand that I'm going to miss her while we're not together. Mm-hmm. And um, she was like, okay. You know, she she was really receptive to it, but she didn't like the fact that I was letting her see me ball out like that. Right. I mean, I'm, it was just me and her for a very long time. So to, for me to come back and be without my child and for her to stay there and be without me, it was going to be a emotional fiasco for both of us. Mm-hmm. So still kind of is, but right. yeah. I felt like she needed to see me cry. Like she needed to know that it was okay to ex- express her emotions. Right. She feel them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, the, the older generations, they do that a lot. Like they, they kind of want things to stay how they are. And it's mm-hmm. so, I and you know what? I think that's probably why a lot choose, choose not to um, talk to our parents because we see how they handle situations. And, I I know for myself, I'll fill in a conversation. Like if I have to have a difficult conversation with someone, Mm -hmm. I kind of, and it's not a healthy practice. It's not good. It's probably a little psychotic, to be honest. But I will (laughs) kind of like almost psych myself out of having the hard conversation with the person because I'm like, well, I know them well enough to know how they're going to. So I know if I come to them with this issue or with this problem, I know they're going to respond in a way that's going to cause me to shut down. So why Mm -hmm. even? So I think because our parents and grandparents and so on and so forth, because they are a lot of times more often than not so stuck in their ways, it turns us off from wanting to have a conversation with them because we have this fear. And a lot of times it is, it's an actualized fear we have this fear of talking with them and then being invalidated. They're not going to see my point of view. They're not going to hear where I'm coming from. What's the point? They're, they're going to, you know, gaslight me or whatever. So what's the point in talking to them? That's what we say to ourselves. And that's why we don't have these conversations that really need to be had. Yeah. I mean, I agree with, with that. Um, it's the norm to not talk. 
Yeah. And then it's, so we're just like, you know, let's go with that. It's not until it's too late when we realize, oh, this is why, or now let me change it or whatever. And the best way to, you know, really just get around that is, like you said, to talk to your parents. Mm -hmm. Excuse my French, but fuck how they think. (laughs) Fuck how they think or how they'll feel about it. Like, this is about you. So, I mean, obviously nobody wants to be like, hey, mom, or hey, dad, you fucked me up. Mm-hmm. maybe don't say it like that you know not in that way <laughs> unless you need to unless, unless you need if you have those type of parents that you know have to be talked to like that then uh-huh. hey you know that's just that's just how it is but no no matter what just you know get it out the best way that you know how yeah. that makes you feel better now we're not advocating disrespecting your parents okay that's not what we're doing right with right. <laughs> sometimes um i think that parents struggle with the difference between yes I'm your child but I'm no longer a child so between the two of us there has to be a respect adult to adult Mm -hmm. I'm gonna always respect you as my parent but I need a certain level of respect as well as an adult like when me and my mom have conversations now I, I sometimes have to start off with that disclaimer like I'm not coming to you as your baby girl right now I'm coming to you, woman, like, you know what I mean? Adult, Mm -hmm. mother to mother, you know what I mean? I think sometimes you have to get people, and it's not, I'm not saying that it's your responsibility to, but I find in relationships, especially with family, you kind of have to give it a disclaimer at the beginning. Like, look, I'm not coming to you as your niece. I need to come to you as an adult and tell you what you said the other day had me fucked up. Or, or you really stepped out of line with this and I'm going to set a boundary here mm-hmm. that it's not going to happen again. And if it does happen again, then we'll have to move accordingly. But I'm going to let you know, right? Because like y'all always telling me, no, people aren't mind readers. You have to let them know. You can't just block them, right? So I'm going to let you know what you did because it ran in the family. Like disrespect runs in my family. Mm-hmm. It was really, they're very comfortable getting disrespectful. My family is very comfortable being in everyone else's business, but that don't fly over here. Mm-mm. No, no. Even especially the- with disrespect, like you don't want somebody to think that it's okay. You don't ever want somebody to think that it's okay to disrespect you. Regardless, and that goes for everything: family, that goes for friends, relationships, everything. If you allow them to disrespect you in front of everybody else, especially. Right. Then they're gonna continue to do that because they feel like, oh, it's okay, you know, they're not gonna they're not gonna do nothing but shut up and let me do it. Right. Right. Because people feel like you have to deal with me because I'm your family. And no, no, uh-uh. Family or not, I you're not gonna disrespect you're not gonna step out of line. There are certain lines you're not gonna cross because family or not, I will beat your ass in, <laughs> in church. I do you understand? Like you need now, again, I'm not advocating violence, but sometimes people will push you, okay? People will really take you there, and it's important for family to understand, I don't care that you are my cousin, that you are my aunt, or, or whomever. They have, most of, like, over the past four to five years, most of my altercations have been with family because I'm having to, because I want things to stop with me. Like, it's not, these things are not going to be passed on to my son. It's not going to happen. So because now I have to really do the work. So now I have to 
reteach my family how to deal with other human beings because they've gotten so accustomed to being how they are. They're stuck in their ways. And you can't teach old dog new tricks, but um, call me the dog whisperer because you're going to learn today. Right. You're going to learn today. Whether you want to or not, you're going to have to learn. Right. Either get with it or get on. Or get on. Yeah. Move it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. But I think that it is important. I'm glad we talked about it uh, in this segment. Using your voice. That's very important. Using your voice. Because you can't. You have to use it. Use it or lose it. Um, I think whoever came up with that phrase probably wasn't talking about your voice. But that's what we're going to use it here. Um, Yeah. Because you can't. I mean, hello, bag lady. You can't. (laughs) You know. You can't you can't do it. It's not healthy. It's too heavy for you. I love that song, by the way. I love Eric Badu, period. So you know, I just about story about Eric, you know. What? <laughs> <laughs> we just had to cut that out. <laughs> no, we're gonna leave it in. Okay. Oh Jesus. <laughs> oh, I'm staying with one of my other best friends, y'all, so yeah they they're having dinner right now so hey people get excited about food and, and that's fine okay <laughs> um but you, you know what that's a good let, let's let's move on <laughs> <laughs> let's move on oh please um now we need to figure out you know how to fix it so Ario. How do you think that we should start that conversation to actually, you know, jump in? I know we said that, you know, say it however it needs to be said to whoever it needs to be said. But what's what's another way? Because, you know, everybody's not receptive to conversation. What's another way to get that out? Do you think that actually talking to the person is necessary? Or do you think that finding other avenues to get it out yourself is a way to go. I think talking to whomever raised you um, or, you know, played a part in your child rearing, I guess you could say, it would be ideal to be able to sit down and talk to that person. But like you said, some people are not receptive. Um, some people are never going to see it the way you see it. And, and that's okay. So I think the in those situations, it's best to not rely on someone else to validate your experience. Like, you know what you experienced, you know what you went through, you know what, um, what, what you're still cleaning up from what you went through when you was like 12 or 13. You know what I mean? Regardless of if the other person, your parents or whomever, um, choose to acknowledge your experience, your experience is real and your feelings are valid. So you have to rest in that first and foremost. Even if you do decide to have a conversation um, with these people, you have to go into it understanding this might not go the way I want it to, but regardless of what's said or not said or how things are handled, I know my experience is real. I need to get this out in order to move forward. So just go into it with that attitude. And then from there, once you like identify whatever the problems are, like maybe poverty runs in your family. Okay, you know you need to get on your shit, right? And and boss up. Maybe depression runs in your family. You know you need to get your ass in therapy in 2022. Maybe, you know what I mean? Whatever it is, you have to 
come up with an action plan for it to stop with you. Because we, we like to say things like, you know, I'm ending the generational curses or, or whatever. We like to say those words, but we don't put any power behind our words because a lot of times we don't want to do the work. Or sometimes we do want to do the work, but it's discouraging because there's so much work to be done. So you have to be committed to the change you want to see in your family. I feel like if I look up 27 years from now and my child is dealing with what I'm dealing with right now, a part of me, I know a part of me will feel like I've failed as a parent because I want to give him the roadmap. Like I want you to have your own issues. I don't want you to deal with what I dealt with and what my mom dealt with and my brother or my dad or my uncle. I don't want that for you. I want you to be different. I want things to go differently for you. So let me be open and honest. Let me let me teach you the right way. Let me show you how I navigated these issues so that if they do come up with you, you know how to move in order to, you know, shake yourself loose from that. You know what I mean? You just have it. it it's a, about your level of commitment to change. I hope that people that just really like can't talk to people like those. If you. I think this is kind of what we talked about uh, uh, last night when it comes to like this idea of needing the other person for a sense of closure. Mm-hmm. It's okay to not talk to them. If that's not going to be fruitful for you, or if you feel like that's not going to go anywhere, that's not something that, you know what I mean? Maybe you just don't want to have that conversation. Y'all don't think I'm crazy, but I tell y'all all the time, I record these episodes in the mirror. If you have to, when you want results, sometimes you have to act crazy. I'm not saying flip tables and chairs. I mean, if you need to sit and talk to yourself about it, then do that. We tell y'all all the time, like, get a journal or, like, do record a voice memo on your phone or whatever. Um, however you handle things in your life, people who, you know, don't want to talk or, or have a problem with talking, this situation is no different. You know what I mean? If you need to meditate on it, and then when you're done meditating, you lay it to rest and you walk away from it, then do that. What, what you, it has to just, whatever works for you, whatever's going to provoke change in your life, that's what you do when it comes to these generational strongholds that a lot of us find ourselves in. Yeah, I can see that. Especially, so, with closure. Because for a long time, I really felt like, you know, closure was necessary. And I think that was just because growing up, you know, you see these TV shows and people talk about closure. They feel like this is something necessary to move on when actually it's it's really not. Closure to me, now that I've like really broken it down, is a form of manipulation. And I feel that way because when you're in these situations where you need closure, you kind of just like, you still have that little bit of ounce of, of hope that the other person is going to like listen to you, hear you and understand what you're saying and maybe want you back or maybe not, or maybe want to fix things between um, you you guys, whether it's like a, you know, a parent relationship that you're trying to fix and they'll understand. And then y'all will, you know, y'all will mesh very well afterwards. And that's not reality. Mm -hmm. In reality, you can go and talk to this person and they'll still be the same exact person that they were before y'all fell out. Now you just see them in a different light. They're not going to understand any more than they did before. They're not going to 
come back and just you know fall into your arms like it's still going to be that's still the same person that you're talking to there's there's no way to word it or no way to change it to make their mind different unless they want to see a different perspective Mm -hmm. um yeah i agree with that life is not a fairy tale nor is it a tyler perry movie um we're not gonna ride off into the sunset you know what i mean your your mother is not gonna break down and say oh you're you're right and i'm so sorry for all the things i did that's not gonna happen a lot of times more often than not it's not gonna go that way right um i think that i agree closure in 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 the sense that you're talking about it i think that closure can sometimes be a way for or this illusion of closure because i don't think all closure is manipulation but i think what your motives are behind it says a lot um but yeah sometimes you're not going to be able to get the closure you feel entitled to right or or you know what i mean you're not going to get the response that you want as far as because i look at as far as like what we're talking about here uh ending these generational things there's certain like the way that i choose to parent my child totally and completely different from the way that i was parented and that's very difficult for my family to see like I don't I, I don't want to pop my kid my son right now is in like uh his hitting phase like he just wants to hit I can't mm-hmm. pop him and then say no don't hit and hit him that's right, that doesn't make sense <laughs> that make sense. you know what I mean like the way that I like the, the path of parenting that I'm on is totally different from I'd say 95 percent of the people in my family it's odd to them it's foreign um, but I'm very committed to being different. Like my family unit is not going to be like none of these other ones. Like you, like, no, I'm committed to it. Um, mm-mm. I read my child bedtime stories. I can't tell you. I have a very good memory. I can remember things from when I was like three years old up till yesterday, like up mm-hmm. till five seconds. You know what I mean? Not I don't know ever having that i can probably count on one hand how many times my family unit sat together at a table and ate dinner not including holidays like there are certain things i have to change so if i if i want if i want different i have to do different you know um and therapy helps a lot with that um i follow a lot of um i guess like behavioral therapists type people to like help me navigate or or, yeah help me navigate my son's emotions um you know like how do I deal with certain things because it wasn't modeled for me not just in and this is not at all to take away from my mother because I have an amazing mother um and luckily she and I have gotten to a place where we can have those hard talks and I can say you know the way you used to do this all the time really had an effect on me up till now at 27 I'm still piecing myself back together from the areas you broke me in when I was young we can have those talks and I'm very fortunate to have that because I understand a lot of people can't talk like that with their mothers or with their fathers you know uncles aunts whomever so I'm very grateful for that um so I just try to I try really hard to be different and as parents just talking to the parents for a second not every day is going to be a good parenting day for you because Mm -hmm. you grew up a certain way you were raised a certain way that that's essentially a part of your DNA now so you have to be very graceful with yourself and you have to the same way you have to be patient with your child you have to be patient with yourself and you have to understand like sometimes you might lose your temper and you're gonna feel like shit afterward but 
it's okay. Go to your child, make it right. My mom never apologized to me when I was young. I apologized to my 19 month old. He doesn't understand what an apology is, but I'm, I'm trying to teach him different. You know what I mean? So if I have a moment where I lose my shit or, you know, or I handle something in a way that I don't normally, I'll go to him. Mommy is so sorry. I apologize for what I just did. And I'm going to work to not let it happen again. You know what I mean? That That's the yeah. way that I talk to him. And he's not even two. You know what I mean? You have to, but you have to be graceful with yourself. You have to be patient with yourself. And you have to understand you're going to fall short sometimes because you're human. Doesn't make you a bad person. Doesn't mean, oh my God, I'm a bad parent. And Mercedes has to tell me this a lot because I'm very hard on myself as a parent. Yes. Um, I just had to like, you know, fix her shit. What was that today? Oh, yesterday. One of them. No, that was when you were home. It was something about Spud's diaper bag. And I was like, man, I feel like such a bad parent when I'm like not prepared. And she was like, what What do you mean? Like, how, like what? I'm very hard on myself. Um, oh, I remember that day. Yeah. When I was um, I was at your house and you said um, you didn't You was like, what kind of mother am I? Because you, you forgot to put something in a diaper bag, but you had everything in there. Right. Literally, y'all, I packed I pack half the house. I prevent, I'm not going to lie. But with things like that. Um, so, you know, Mercedes is on, she's always on my ass about something, y'all. It's hard to keep up. But, you know, be graceful with yourself um, when it comes to these situations and understand the family. And I'm not saying y'all's families are effed up. I can talk about my family. Okay. And if y'all can relate, <laughs> then just hold a finger up. Um, I have to remember my family didn't get effed up overnight and I didn't F my family up. So when it comes to cleaning up this mess, right, we're talking about doing right and killing everything before us. Mm -hmm. When it comes to me trying to get right on my path, I have to recognize it's going to take time. I'm not going to, Rome wasn't built in a day. The West household was not fucked up overnight. I have to get it right over time. You know, it's not going to happen quick. We want quick progress. We want, I think we talked about this this season, I believe. We're a very microwave generation. We don't want to wait for the oven to heat up. Why? When I can stick it in the air fryer for five minutes. <laughs> cannot, life is not, you can't air fry your life. You got to wait for the grease to get hot. Like you, you, it's a process. Just stick to it. Stick to it. It's a process. Yeah. Well, that was a mouthful. Oof. Like I told y'all, this episode resonated with me a whole um, whole lot. So I really did. I don't usually record um, looking in the mirror, but today I had to because there's some things that I have to put into place to get me past this certain little hump in my life. So mm-hmm. a lot of what we talked about in, uh, in this episode is what I have to apply personally so that I can move forward personally. See, so y'all aren't alone, you know, mm-hmm. doing the work too. We we come on here and we state things kind of like absolutely or like matter of factly. And y'all, we don't have all the answers. We don't. No, not at all. Not even in the slightest. Not even the slightest. Uh, yeah, Mm-mm. not even close. So y'all are not alone on um on your journey at all. So I just wanted to put that out there. Um, as we wrap up, I just want to let y'all know 2022 is going to be a big year for chocolate sunset so y'all just so excited we can't really say too much right now but 
Man, I'm so sure you excited see- about this year. Because <laughs> okay. if you blink, you're going to miss something. I promise you. Keep your eyes wide. Yes. So follow us on the socials. Twitter. Yes, we're going to be active on our Instagram. We are. We, we, we have been focused a lot on Twitter lately. But we're going to get right. We're yeah. going to get right. So um, put those in the description box this time. Our um, our Twitter and our Instagram handles. And then, um, so look at the description Get our Twitter and our Instagram. Follow us for um, more announcements and upcoming events. So, you know, stay tuned for all that good stuff. All that good stuff. All right. So, like I said on the last episode, I I promised that I was going to YouTube a soundbowl and heal the heart chakras for y'all so that we could watch the suns set on all this um, generational trauma and all this mess, because that's what it is, a lot of mess that we need to, you know, sort out. And then watch them rise again on growth and new health. So here it is. was a good one. It was, wasn't it? Guys, I'm not. I'm not gonna cry. Okay, we love you guys. <laughs> Happy New Year again. Happy New Year, Coco Crew.